Welcome everyone to my Love and Marriage podcast. Well, for today's episode, I'll be talking about single on purpose. We haven't lived our birthdays yet until we begin to live intentionally. The belief that everyone is born to fulfill a specific purpose is only as true as taking responsibilities for our lives. And until we realize that the purpose of life is not to be rich and famous or married and happy, but to be useful and relevant to society. We won't live out our lives in meaningful and impactful ways that leave our footprints in the sand of time. No life is greater than the purpose it fulfills. Single living takes a holistic approach to life. It is driven by the need to discover our life purposes and awaken our hidden potentials. A time and a phase designated for enlightenment and empowerment in preparation for the fulfillment of our life assignments. This is a very crucial phase in the life circle of everybody, and a final phase that we all must pass through at some point in our lives. Interestingly, everybody will be single at some point, but as a matter of choice or prevailing circumstances, not everybody will be married. And the most interesting thing about being single is that you can always change your mind, but that's not something that comes easy with being married. Single living is touch. So the single life is not without its numerous challenges, fighting, loneliness, struggling with strong habits and addictions, dealing with peer family pressure and managing social discrimination. It's just a few to mention of what single people pass through on a daily basis. But I think that being single and meet people from achieving their best or make them less happy, healthy and integrated into society is grossly exaggerated. The life of singleness is no doubt a predator fun, but to suggest that it's a hindrance to life's accomplishment or a threat to society is a far cry from the truth. Inevitably, there will be times when it gets really frustrating to be single. The frustration is amplified by the less than smart choices we make at this point. Like rushing into marriage without observing the proper protocol or having a one stand just to gratify the cravings for intimacy. But if you keep in mind that being single is only temporary, then we can gladly embrace it and use it to our own advantage in making the most of our lives. There is no better time to feel great about being alive than now that you are single. Being single is the best time to forge the character for sustainable life success. There are numerous essential benefits attached to being single one of which is the opportunity to be the better version of yourself. Life does not reward anybody based on marital status. If anyone ever succeeded in anything, it would be because they gave their best to whatever cause they pursued. So whatever you are, single married, you can achieve your dreams and have your life lived out the best. Marriage is without a doubt a brilliant idea from God, but it's not a prerequisite for attaining greatness or fulfilling purpose. Although it may comes as an added advantage on the basis that you married right. Otherwise, it can become your undoing. You do not need a spouse to fulfill a purpose or be great in life. Not every successful man has a woman behind or beside him. And not every accomplished woman has a supportive man by her side. So many people have defied the odds of reaching their life goals without a partner. 
However, it is also true that most people are successful because of the kind of persons they married. To adequately maximize the role of a life partner, you need a life purpose. You do not need a spouse yet until you find a life first. You need to first discover what your life's work is about before you start asking or searching for who you consider as being worthy of partnering with you. The purpose of a life partner is to help strike a balance between life and work. Yet so many people have works that just exist. It is both foolish and dangerous to partner with anyone having no purpose for living. The main cause of many suffering and pain in most marriages stems from the fact that a lot of people didn't take into action the necessity of deciding what direction they want to go in life before choosing a right partner. Another heading, I was born single. Once I was asked, Esther, why are you still single? I smiled <laughs> and replied, because I was born that way. I personally think that my response was savage because I wasn't ready to let anyone make me feel miserably simply because I'm here to find a spouse and enlist in the company of responsible people, also known as married women. Society may frown at single living, yet it doesn't negate the fact that it is an inevitable status that will continue to gain popularity. There are no many instances where children are born either as twins, triplets or more. Most children are born as single babies and life generally begins for everybody at a single stage, whether as twins or more. No child is born with a spouse right from the start or thus any child come running out of the womb with a wedding ring screaming, I do. We can either go on arguing whether it is better to be married or to be single or reach a conclusion that both single living and married life are two vital experiences for our human existence. And unless we establish an alliance with the principles of God through scriptures, we won't find clarity to this very misunderstood subject. The Bible helps us to see clearly how God instituted singlehood long before he instituted marriage. There is a reason he made only the man first in the beginning, even though the original plan did include the woman. The first man ever made lived in a singledom long, long enough before the human was created. Adam was single for many years before Eve came into the picture. God did make the woman almost immediately after he made the man, although the Bible does not expressly state how long Adam lived before Eve was made. Yet Bible scholars argue that Adam may have lived several hundreds of years long before Eve was formed. Whether this assertion is true enough, we reminded that man lived long enough in singlehood before the woman came. God points out that the man is in need of a companion, saying that it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a wife, a helper. Genesis 24 verse 18. This could have been said in the light of the need for the man to be more productive or whatever he might have whatever he might have had going for him as a career with the help of a partner, as emphasized by the preacher according to Ecclesiastes 4.9, the New Living Translation. Two are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed, says the preacher. What we can deduce from this Bible verse, if a let its rich inside floats our mind, will be exactly what singlehood stands for. 
finding your life purpose, which is beyond the need to establish a system of network or procreation purpose only. The man Adam had come to realize his true potentials and life purpose for which God commissioned him as general manager of his creation enterprise. Now we can understand why God didn't give Adam a helpmate until he was duly engaged in the business of managing the earth. Adam needed a life purpose before the need for a life partner arose. Hence, marriage considerations start when one can confidently say, as a man or woman, that he has found and established a progressive life work that requires a partner's support. And as a lady, you have no business talking marriage if you can confidently say that you have what it takes to adequately stand as a support structure to a progressive course in the life of a choice man. So whether as a young man or lady, living, single living is your most defining phase. A phase for self-discovery, purpose, discovery and capacity building. In summary, it is a time and phase for preparing for life generally, and especially the very engaging and demanding marriage life. Hallelujah. So this will be our end of the one segment. That's one episode. The second episode will start from exceptionally single. And I pray that as you listen and as you open your heart to grasp what I'm saying, you'll have a life of purpose that you just just come out as a lady preparing for marriage when you haven't like when you haven't attained that position what are your purpose what do you want to do in life marriage is not everything you think it is discovering who you are in singlehood will make you stay firm when doing your marital right so stay tuned and god bless you thank you Hello everyone, welcome to my episode 2 of Love and Marriage titled Exceptionally Single. You are not single as an excuse to become a torture to society. Single living was not instituted so that you can become a sad excuse for a person. Rather, it was instituted to enhance our self-image and to reveal the hidden man of strength and character. Some of the worst habits and lifestyles that badly affect marriage are formed in singledom. The sense of freedom associated with being single is responsible for the widespread and the delinquent behavior of most young adults. The notion that we don't have to be accountable to anyone for the way and manner we live our lives as single people is the motivation for the bad choices we make that would eventually hurt us for the rest of our lives. It is considered to be very delicate to continue to hide in singledom as an excuse for living recklessly. Without clarity about what singlehood represents in the first place. Society's cold reaction towards single people is not without its own fair share of the voices associated with single living. So many social vices are perpetrated in the guise of single living. And what we have today as bad parenting 
and sad family expressions have their roots in misguided single living. Expressions have their it said the primary objective of the single life is to become an exceptional reference point. As a single young adult, your primary goal must be about making the most of your singleness in both enhancing yourself and finding out your life's work. As a single man, you have no business seeking a spouse until you have attained a certain level of admiration and respect. You should possess the unique qualities of a real man with enviable results as the ideal husband of great honor and father of pride. The type of husband that will ravish his wife with affection and spoil her with gifts. The type whose wife would freely and willingly submit to and treat as a king and whose children would admire as a role model. Are you that type of man? Also, for the single sisters, you need more than twerking and posting nude on social media to adequately fit in as the right partner. You must become the kind of woman that commands respect on a man and stand by him to strengthen and support him, not to drain and ruin him. The kind of wife that submits to his authority and spoil him with romance even in the absence of finance. The type of mother that our kids would honor, appreciate and idolize. Are you that type of woman? If you're not any of these as a single man or woman, don't even bother signing up for marriage. It would do you no good. The space between being single and being married is called being ready. Nothing guarantees success in marriage far more than an absolute readiness for it. And most singers let themselves get coerced into succumbing to the pressure from their surrounding environment and just jump right into marriage without considering whether or not they are actually ready for it. Anyone who fails to prepare for a talks ahead should be prepared to fail in it. And to think that age is the determinant for telling whether or not you're ready is such a big joke. Growing old is not as important as growing up, especially when it comes down to the subject of marriage. You are not ready for marriage because you're old enough, but because you're mature enough. A successful marriage does not depend on age, but on maturity. Age is the illusion that you are mature, and why age is about growing old, maturity is about growing old. It is up to time for an individual to grow older, whereas it is up to the individual to grow up. Maturity is a sensitive response to time and an obligation to use discretion. It is knowing what to do and when to do it. Because everyone your age are either getting married or getting uh, either getting married or already married. It doesn't indicate that it is time to jump into marriage too. It was surprising to discover that a lot of marriages were started for the wrong reasons 
one of which is the feeling of being left out or being the third wheel among your peers. A marriage is not a unanimous decision made by a certain age group. Whether you marry before or after your parents, just be sure that you only did that because you are convinced that you are ready. We live in a society where age is prioritized over maturity in marriage, and that is very sad. Society just wants you to be married, especially when you're becoming too old to be numbered among single people. Whether you're matured enough or it is of little interest to society, just get married. Society frowns more at older single people than the younger ones. Trust me, you don't want to be caught in your 30s or 40s still single as a lady. Societies will tear you like a pandemic. Friends and well wishes who still have the courage to take about you would, have, would share your narrative like a satire. Your name will be found on every play, prayer house and shrines in the hope that if God wouldn't deem to show you even a small portion of his mercy, then perhaps any of the man-made gods would. Your parents will come so hard on you like your math teacher would have wanted you to understand calculus. Oh, trust me, you don't want to be found as a single man in your 40s or 50s. Society would slander you. The clergy must run a criminal and put a bounty on your head, ready to crucify you at the slightest chance to get. You would be on the blackmail list of every young lady and accused of rape for saying hi. Your pastors most probably would have been fed up and given up on you, leaving you to the mercy of the ghosts of your own sisters. We those who guess about you, how, and tell offerings that you are the bastard son of a prostitute, uh, born to a criminal but raised by a witchcraft and a madman. Cultural indifference also contributes to these challenges of age. Most families wouldn't let their younger children marry before the older ones, even when the younger ones feel adequately ready to do so, thereby delaying the younger ones until the older ones are ready. There's a time to address these issues urgently with the utmost regard for single living. Let whoever is ready to gain the line do so gallantly and let us find the courage to respect the decisions of those who are bold enough to admit that they are not ready yet. At such a time as this when too many people are so anxiously waiting, awaiting that special day, when they finally get to those to say those two magic words, I do. There is an urgent need to acquire or acquaint oneself with the three relatively crucial capacities that both a male and a female are required to occupy in order to authenticate their readiness for marriage. For a man, before you rush out to say I do, prove first you a man. The scripture is clear about who the ideal male person for marriage is in saying according to the book of Genesis 2.24, that therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. The emphasis on the man is a reminder that marriage is not for boys, or rascals, or for grown-ups, but for the grown-ups. There are a few characteristics that define one ideal man is. One, he is independent. 
He makes his own decision and choices without necessarily depending on the op opinions or especially family members. If he still needs mommy's consent or daddy's approval, then he's obviously a boy. The ladies baritone voice or heavy mustache fool you. These bear gang members won't even survive the first marital crisis. He's always he always cries to mommy or daddy when the chips are down, and father still has the room furnished in daddy's house, showing a sign of leaving home anytime soon. Two, he is resourceful. He makes a good living and can manage the home affairs resourcefully. He does not spend all day at the gym building muscles. Masculinity is not a fan but a muscular physique. Having a perfectly chiseled body with frozen hips and six one babies. The financial power will always be superior to physical power. Those with physical strength end up working for those with financial strength. And don't be fooled by the heavy iron weight he pulls to lift. If his bank account can lift up heavy burdens, then his physical muscles are a waste. 3. Action Oriented Men are known typically to be people of action. They do more than they talk. His capacity to act promptly in response to critical demands and maturity to manage his emotions under pressure defines his gender power. Uh, he is not just a figurehead of emptiness but a true head by deeds. We can cut women some slacks when they let their emotions drip profusely and spill their guts, but definitely not with men. Any man caught in the art is viciously attacked and condemned by society. Real men are the identified by their independence, resourcefulness, and action-orientedness, not by their age or size. You would have noticed that the moment he starts to produce real results in any endeavor as a young man, people start to advise you to get married regardless of your age. That was the case for many years. Everything suggested that I was ready. Such as family some friend who didn't quite know my age remarked that I have everything required to start a family. Not even caring what I want to, who I want to be with, all they wanted me to do was to just be married. They wanted me to just be married. And there are some certain things that comes with being married. As a single lady, you have everything to achieve before getting married. So my next episode would classify that, my next episode would define different stages of single people. So stay tuned as you listen. Thank you.